in beautiful North Florida celebrating two years of color commentary, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Normal people are not listening to what the media is saying. Normal people are saying, we want somebody that can go eight years. That was Nikki Haley on Fox and Friends just on the morning of the New Hampshire primary essentially saying that Trump supporters are not normal, that there's something wrong with MAGA, that's something wrong with America first. Well, considering all the other really dumb things she said, is that really a surprise? I would say no. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right Extra, uh, which unfortunately and experienced some uh, delays in getting to you guys. It was supposed to be done last weekend, but I wanted to do it anyway because it's kind of a week in review in the news, and we're going to start, you know, back with the New Hampshire primary, which Trump did win by double digits, and apparently Nikki Haley is still in the ball game in spite of the fact that she's been pretty much getting her tail kicked in Iowa, in New Hampshire, and South Carolina. Well, she's not even on the caucus ballot in Nevada, which is really weird because she can't win the caucus. And that's really the more important thing, and I'll explain that in a bit. But, well, what do you know, folks? It's kind of weird. But, of course, this is going to be a weird year, and it's already living up to expectations already. Uh, So, with that a little bit out of the way, let's get on to uh, some of the more interesting things in the last few days. Now, for those of you who uh, want to comment or ask questions or give some shout-outs, simply go uh, to email at inblackandright at gmail.com. Also, you can go to our website, inblackandright.net, or you can simply go to any of our social media platforms, which we have a few, including uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, Truth Social, Getter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, good stuff, folks. You can find us just about anywhere. And, of course, you can always subscribe to our podcast. Just simply go to your favorite podcast platform, look for us, and you can subscribe, follow, and even get notified when new episodes uh, come out, and I would encourage that. So, anyway, my friends... Let's start out with something interesting today. Well, that happened last week, the night of the New Hampshire primary, on Murdoch Television, otherwise known as Fox News. And I love this. I absolutely love this. Charles Payne from Fox Business, uh, for anybody who knows uh, Mr. Payne, he is a brilliant guy. He's 
black. He's from New York, grew up in Harlem, became successful in, on Wall Street and on business television. But boy, did he let... Oh, I love this. It's wonderful. Now, one of the contributors on Fox is a woman named Jessica Tarloff. She's a democrat and pretty much is a mess and pretty typical for uh, democrats. But I love what Charles Payne said to her. I mean, she pretty he pretty much gave her both barrels of why somehow defending Joe Biden is really awful. But I'll let Mr. Payne uh, do the talking for me. But this was. Uh, on a round table on election night with Fox News and uh, Charles Payne. And, and, and I don't think it's narcissism. I think if it's, you've lived in New York long enough, you know it's maybe a New York thing. Someone punches you, you punch it back harder. That's why I grew up in Harlem. Not so, the country's at stake, right? He, won, he became president of the United States uh, with that same personality. I, I don't think that, you know, he, listen, I think it's worse with Biden calling MAGA. Biden's anger and vitriol and hatred for MAGA it's far more worse than President Trump's individual battles with someone who crosses him. That is something that is really detrimental to this country, that the President of the United States despises half of the United States. President Biden, I, I said earlier today, I just wrote about a week ago, I had a segment coming up, so I, I Google Biden hates MAGA. Nothing but article, articles after articles after articles. He has expressed hatred for his writing country. those articles. It doesn't matter. It's and it's not. Because, because the bottom line is he says it. He has vitriol for them. And so does MSNBC and so does CNN and so does the New York Times. They have vitriol for half of the nation. They don't look at them like fellow Americans. And it's unfortunate. They try to paint them as racist. That all the things that they do to their fellow Americans who simply want a safe home, a safe community, for the children at prosperity. They want the same thing, but they demean them all the time. That's why I think Phillips was so intriguing because he went to a rally to find out for himself. And guess what? Golly, these are some pretty cool people. They're just like us. Okay, there you go. Thank you, Charles Payne. Perfect. That, and coming from a black American Oh, man, that was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful, because it is absolutely true. Biden, he doesn't just disagree with MAGA and the American First uh, Patriots. He hates them. He absolutely hates them. And this does not exactly bode well. Uh for mega it doesn't vote well for the democrats i mean he did it he said it boom 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 and there's not one thing he said that was false msn msnbc cnn the new york times the washington post all the mainstream media you can find absolutely despises half of the country which is probably now more than half which also includes an awful lot of Hispanics and <laughs> Hispanics and Black Americans. That just absolutely does not help. It really doesn't because it only, all it does is continue to solidify 
something that's already out there. And and it's not just Republicans, but independents get it, blacks get it, Hispanics get it. They had a much better time of it under Trump. So yeah, okay. This is just, you know, thank you Charles Payne for saying that. He spoke truth, not just to power, but into the face of a really elitist, democrat uh, operative. And I love that. I absolutely love that. So there's also that. But now, just interestingly enough, <laughs> it, it, it's a crack up really because uh, we now go into another huge case and that is Fulton County District Attorney Big Fanny Willis and her lover uh, Nathan Wade and the fact that she is very much an adulteress and a money launderer. Wow! But the fact that she went to a black church uh, to try to somehow get some sympathy votes or whatever is even more ridiculous and brazen, to be perfectly honest, because not only... I don't blame her for doing what she did. I blame the pastor for not having enough moral sense and common sense to tell her, hey, you got problems, girl. You got big problems. And you're going and you've been subpoenaed to testify in Nathan Wade's divorce proceedings with his wife, I believe her name is Jocelyn. Oh man. Girl, are you kidding me? And then on top of that, just to make things really weird, the Georgia State Senate voted 30 to 19 to create a special committee to investigate Willis. <laughs> I'm thinking, hmm, wait a minute. Where were these same Georgia Republicans who got their knickers in a twist, got mad at Senator Colton Moore, a young man who was calling for this, now all of a sudden, here's this vote on by the Senate for this committee. Now this is going to be fun to see if they actually will do some real investigative work because there's going to be a hearing in mid-February with the judge in the case about all of these allegations and there is plenty. There's a paper trail, folks. There's a paper trail because they have, uh, I believe the folks at Marco Polo, uh, Garrett Ziegler, they found the invoices to the White House for from Nathan Wade and the Fulton County District Attorney's Office. So yeah, there was collusion between Fannie Willis, the Fulton County uh, District Attorney's Office, and the Biden White House. So yeah, this case has got major league problems and I'm praying or even more to come out to basically call this woman out for what she is and what she did. You know, and of course, the 
at the Georgia media, you know, they're kind of like, eh, it's no big deal. Uh, it is a big deal, and I already had my uh, share of ranting about this woman, but so it's going to be interesting to see what those Georgia Republicans in the state Senate who didn't want to touch her with the 10-foot pole because, oh, they're going to call us racists. They're going to call us racists. It's like, oh, please, will you get some spine and some titanium stones? This woman is a mess. She's an adulterer, a money launderer, and she colluded with the freaking Biden White House. Just deal with it. Okay? That's pretty harsh. But another interesting story to me uh, was uh, last week, former Trump senior aide Peter Navarro was sentenced to four months in prison. Now, of course, here comes uh, Navarro. He speaks before outside of the courthouse, and we have annoying leftists. Just to show you how annoying these people really are, uh, here's Peter Navarro. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. My apologies. Uh, but yeah, Peter Navarro outside of the courthouse with annoying leftists with cowbells and whistles heckling the man who's already been unjustly uh, <laughs> unjustly uh, convicted of something that not even uh, Eric Holder. He was found in contempt of Congress and nothing happened to him, but, oh yeah, but it's Trump. We can, it's like, no, 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 no. Sorry, but... Here's Peter Navarro, and just to show you how annoying the left and and Trump derangement syndrome sufferers really are. We have uh, uh, several these fine attorneys uh, behind me uh, say a few words, uh, but <clears throat> the, the top line here is that uh, knock it off, Mister. Uh, yeah, the top line here is that. Uh, Mr. Woodward has already filed the appeal uh, in this case. This is a case of first impressions that I have said from day one is destined for the Supreme Court. It is a case that really asks the important question of whether a senior White House aide and alter ego of the president can be compelled to testify by Congress, and that is where we're at. Unfortunately, um, the opposition behind us won't let this be heard, but we're going to do our best here. Uh, the one thing I okay, folks. He's just simply holding a press conference, but yet there are leftists. I mean, if you could see the video of this. I mean, my gosh, this is why I love Michael Savage's classic book. And the title is so appropriate. Liberalism is still, I added the still, but liberalism is a mental disorder. Trump derangement syndrome is a mental disorder. 
that the left believes in their what's left of their minds that somehow they can do whatever to whoever to try to silence speech and the very same people who the very same folks back in the 60s during the free speech movement back in the 60s in berkeley and and all of that it's like really what happened to y'all hmm what happened so now this is you know here's poor peter navarro you know and the same thing is probably going to happen to steve bannon because he's working on this uh there's been appeals going on and yeah so this is interesting i, I just wanted to do that just as a um just as a little bit of an example of what we're going to be dealing with and more and there will be more of it i promise you there will be more of it because i've never seen in my lifetime being in media we're gonna this is gonna be duped out in the courts not at the ballot box more than anything and it really blows my mind that we've gotten to this point because Nikki Haley with all of her uniparty friends and Democrats who are giving her all this money to extend out the primaries which is really stupid because I mean it's gonna be really sad to watch the uh, uh, the Nevada caucuses now President Trump over the weekend on Saturday in Las Vegas made a had a terrific rally there uh, for the Nevada caucus now this is really weird I mean I moved to Florida from Nevada but I've never seen this happen but interesting interestingly enough we have in Nevada the legislature which is actually run by Democrats uh, with even though they have a Republican governor they are having a primary on February the 6th now that's not going to be much of anything at least for uh, the Republicans because the Republican GOP caucus is going to be on February the 8th that's the important one now Haley might be on the primary ballot but it's not going to help her because it's the caucus the uh, the GOP caucus in Nevada that will be awarding the delegates and it's winner take all now the funny part about the caucus is Trump's name is on there but also Ron DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy's name is there but since they both have stopped their campaigns Trump's the only one on the stinking caucus ballot <laughs> so he he won the thing by default yay happy happy so this is absolutely just weird that somehow she's Nikki Haley is completely you know blown Nevada she just blew them off and say nope we're just gonna focus on South Carolina problem there Trump is still ahead of Nikki Haley anywhere from 20 to 25 or more points 
in the polling, uh, no matter, just, it just depends on which poll you look at. And plus, having most of the state's elected officers, including Governor McMaster, the Lieutenant Governor, the Attorney General, the State Treasurer, the Speaker of the South Carolina House, plus their two U.S. Senators, and somehow Nikki Haley is living in some sort of Trump delusion syndrome where she thinks she's winning, and she's not. She's just not. If Iowa and New Hampshire are any indications of what's going to happen in South Carolina, shoot, this thing should have already been over. But hey, I this is just going to be okay. You know, Nikki's going to be out there, you know, we're, we're just going to keep going and we have all this money. And it's like, yeah, who's the money from, honey? Uh, no. Sorry. Mm-mm. You know, you're, you're toast. You know you're toast. But you're going to continue dragging this thing out probably to Super Tuesday, despite what happens in South Carolina. And I don't know. I really do not know what's going on in her head. But whatever it is, uh, yeah, she, she needs help. She totally, totally needs help. And I don't know what it's going to take for her to face reality because I know the people that are backing her would just love to either force her on the ticket as vice president or somehow get a cabinet post in the second Trump administration, uh, which I don't see happening. I mean, even if it is, you know, Secretary of State or something, anything to get this sort of, I guess you would call it like a terrorist, a terrorist sleeper cell, to have some berserker in there who will just do everything they possibly can to thwart Trump's second term. And that's going to be a real tricky one for sure. But if she wants to continue this game, fine, but it's really not helping her. It's not helping her friends. It's not helping the Republicans. I mean, this week, uh, Monday, and yesterday, and today, Charlie Kirk and Turning Point USA held their Restoring National Conference Summit in La at Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas two days before the RNC winter meetings that are expected to take place starting Wednesday and Thursday. And it's really... Uh, and, and I love Charlie's, you know, enthusiasm with this because this is a slap in the face and a shot across the bow to Ronna McRomney and the RNC to say, hey, if you're not going to do what you really should be doing, are you really surprised that the small money donors and even a lot of the big money donors are not giving y'all any money. They're giving to candidates or they're giving to maybe some state parties or county parties, but y'all are a mess. How do I know you're a mess? 
because you've taken out a line of credit to help you with your lack of money. And yet, here comes Charlie Kirk and the folks at Turning Point USA, and they're providing state party chairs, RNC committee people, county, uh, county chairs, precinct people, all the information that they need to help them uh, secure election integrity. Why isn't the RNC doing that? I mean, my goodness, you could send, you, you could make all kinds of, oh, I don't know, assertions, assumptions, or what have you, but my gosh, this is just insane. And three cheers for Charlie Kirk for doing this. God bless you. Uh, God bless you and Turning Point Action getting this stuff into the hands of the grassroots, the people who really mean any, who mean something. If the RNC wants to play elitist, they do so at their own peril. And I have absolutely no sympathy for them at all. None. And hey, what can you do, folks? But as we continue, the real big issue that's been really bugging the snot out of me is the southern border. Now, Governor Abbott of Texas, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, uh, has put the Texas National Guard, the, De the Texas Department of Public Safety, and other law enforcement on the border with razor wire and everything down in Eagle Pass. Now, what really is just annoying to me is that in spite of the Supreme Court's ruling that essentially sided with the Biden administration and the invaders, Texas has said, uh, go pound sand. Plus, the Republican, the Republican Governors Association has uh, put a statement out a few days ago expressing their solidarity. There's about 25 uh, Republican governors. I mean, half of the country has said uh, to Biden, uh, screw you and the horse you rode in on. Texas has the right to defend itself. Now, for those of you constitutional illiterates out there, Governor Abbott has the right to do this. How do I know? The Constitution says so. Article 4, Section 4, United States Constitution says thusly, The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. Boom. Right straight from the Constitution. Now, you combine that with Governor Abbott's Article 1, Section 10 authority to declare an invasion. Hey, what's the problem? But since Biden doesn't like anybody, especially a state like Texas, which is incredibly important to defy him, and Alejandro Mayorkas is already getting impeachment articles set to be voted on, you know, hey, what can you do? Now, I, w 
I definitely want to give y'all a little bit of a reminder of what, and I played this last week. This is Glenn Beck on his radio program talking about a, someone who's came across the border illegally and, well, we'll just go from there. This is a guy on the border who uh, is answering a reporter's question. Where'd you come from? Who are you? And listen to what he says. If you are smart enough, you would know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. Very easy. The entitlement. Entitlement. No, believe me. I'm much better than that. The entitlement, guys. Oh. And immediately they're saying, oh, entitlement. No, no, that doesn't sound like entitlement. You're much too stupid to know who I am, he says, as he's crossing into America. You're too stupid to know who I am, but soon you will know my name. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I like to hear on... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got some guy coming across the border and coming into the country illegally. He says... You're too stupid to know who I am with a very distinct Middle Eastern accent. Now, some people uh, on social media have apparently identified the guy who said that as uh, from Azerbaijan in the southern uh, and the southern region of what used to be the old Soviet Union, uh, but it has very Islamic uh, influences and so he's from Azerbaijan and heads the uh, Muslim party and he comes to the country and he says this and I'm going like Glenn Beck I'm going that does not sound like entitlement this sounds like a threat a very very real threat but can Homeland Security find this guy the FBI? Somebody? Nope. Absolutely not. Now, what really blows my mind here, uh, hang on a second. I just want to get this all set. Now, last week during a press conference, Senator Ted Cruz of Texas, he laid it out. He laid it out and laid it out big time. Why? this messed up compromise that James Lankford, Republican of Oklahoma, it's so bad, even the Oklahoma GOP is ticked off and wants to censure the guy for trying to come up with a really stupid deal and now he's trying to cover his arse. Because when you make a, try to make some kind of a deal with schmucky Chucky Schumer, you might as well make a deal with the double because it's not going to deal with the immigration problem that the crisis, frankly, catastrophe, whatever word you want to use, that's happening right now on the southern border. And Ted Cruz, in his Senate news conference from last week, made it quite clear. And I would love, and I want you to hear all of his remarks because this concisely explains why this supposed deal that they're working on in the Senate 
is going to be DOA if it ever gets to the House. The Biden border crisis is an absolute humanitarian disaster. And Democrats don't care. Last year, 853 migrants died crossing illegally into this country. Alejandro Mayorkas didn't even know how many had died because he didn't care. When I brought 19 senators down to the border, we saw a man who had drowned floating in the Rio Grande. Democrats don't care. Last year, thousands upon thousands of children were brutalized and sexually assaulted by human traffickers, and Democrats don't care. Last year, thousands of women were sexually assaulted by human traffickers, and Democrats do not give a damn. Last year, more than 100,000 Americans died of drug overdoses from Chinese fentanyl flooding across the southern border, and Democrats do not give a damn. Now, you may say, well, come on, that's harsh. They care. They care. Somewhere in their hearts, they care about all the people suffering and dying. Baloney. Because if they cared, they would stop it. If you cared about the children being raped at the border, you would say no more. When Joe Biden came in, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. He inherited success, and he deliberately broke it. Democrats want these open borders. And this bill, this mysterious bill, that is buried down in the basement of Chuck Schumer's office, all of you have a living as reporters. Ask yourself, why have you not read the text of the bill? There's a reason. As bad as we think the bill is, I promise you it's worse. The people pushing this deal knew, no, if the American people knew what was in it, they would be against it. This supplemental bill is a kamikaze plane in a box canyon with no exit headed for a train wreck. You look at this bill. The bill is not designed to fix this problem. By the way, the single greatest national security threat to America, this right here. I think the odds of a major terrorist attack in the United States are higher today than they've been any time since September 11th. You know what? In that spike, how many Hamas terrorists are there? How many Hezbollah terrorists are there? And what are we going to say when they carry out an attack here like October 7th in Israel? This bill is not designed to fix the problem. This bill normalizes 5,000 people a day coming in. 5,000 people a day is over 1.8 million a year. That's called an invasion. By the way, under Joe Biden, we've had 9.6 million. So the great Republican compromises were for two-thirds of Joe Biden's open borders. We'll let in 6 million instead of 9 million. This makes utterly no sense. And there's a reason. Republican leadership is like Charlie Brown with Lucy in the football. And over and over again, they run for the football, and over and over again, Lucy Schumer pulls it away. And Republican leadership lands on their ass. They entered this negotiation saying, we will only do what Chuck Schumer will agree to. He doesn't want to fix this. He wants it to continue. So negotiating with Chuck Schumer on securing the border is like putting Hannibal Lecter in charge of a go-vegan ad campaign. He might dine on your liver with a healthy side of fava beans, but it's not going to remotely do what the suggested objective is. Final point. Not only is this bill utterly ineffective in fixing the problem, 
but it's designed to fail. The chances of this bill passing the House of Representatives, I can quantify it mathematically. The chances of this bill passing the House are 0.000%. It ain't going to pass. At lunch, we had a vigorous discussion at lunch yesterday. I asked leadership, why on earth would you be teeing up a vote with every Democrat and 10 or 12 Republicans that has no chance of passing the House? It's not going to become law, and I get it. Leadership really, really, really wants Ukraine funding. But that doesn't happen unless you get a bill that can pass the House. The only purpose of taking this up is giving Democrats political cover to say, gosh, we would have secured the border, but those pesky House Republicans didn't let us. It's a good talking point. It's complete baloney, but it's a good talking point. This bill represents Senate Republican leadership waging war on House Republican leadership. It's not designed to secure the border, and it won't secure the border. And that's why leadership wants it kept in secret. They don't want anyone to see the text of it. Republicans in the Senate ought to have the sense and sanity to say, secure the border, or else we're not going to go along with providing fig leaves to cover up the deliberate failure of Joe Biden and the Democrats. They have caused this crisis. Okay. I wanted to play that in its entirety because I don't want to get accused of, well, you took it out of context. No, I did not. Those were Ted Cruz's words at that news conference, and he laid it out. No fear, no soft, you know, no sugarcoating it. Mm-mm. So, yeah. This is insane. This is absolutely insane. And the fact that James Lankford, senator from Oklahoma, Republican, who's been essentially trying to negotiate this thing, I mean, he's ticked off his own party and ticked off his own constituents in the great state of Oklahoma, and I have a lot of great friends there. I'm like, it's bad enough having to deal with this nonsense, but... The liquid natural gas export ban has a direct effect on states like Oklahoma and Texas because, frankly, the Green New Deal is the Green Raw Deal, and, frankly, all the environmaniacs who are okay with this, mm-mm, new, no, new, no, new. No. This is exactly why I can't wait for Trump to get back. We are going to use our energy. We're going to drill, baby, drill. We're going to use oil, natural gas, clean coal technology, nuclear. This whole solar and wind and all that that needs obscene amounts of subsidies. Uh, no, sorry, that's going to be that's going to take a while. It's just not going to happen. But getting back to Ted Cruz. He had, uh, the one of the reporters there asked a question about the demand order from the Biden administration uh, down in Eagle Pass to remove the razor wire after the messed up Supreme Court came up with their uh, ruling. But here's what 
Ted Cruz con continued to say in answer to that question, just no one here. I said, I'm proud of the great state of Texas. I'm proud of our governor. I'm proud of our state legislature because they're stepping up and defending our state from invasion. Listen, the mayor of a bunch of blue cities, the governors of a bunch of blue states have declared illegal immigration emergencies in their states. That's true in New York. That's true in Boston. That's true in Massachusetts. That's true in Chicago. That's true in L.A. Eric Adams, the liberal Democrat in New York, has said illegal immigration is destroying New York City. That's 110,000 people are destroying New York City. I agree with him. But if 110,000 people are destroying New York City, what the hell do you think 9.6 million people are doing to Texas and the other states on the southern border? And so Texas is stepping up to defend our state. I'm glad we are. But the reason Texas is doing so is because Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer and the Democrats affirmatively want this invasion. By the way, you want to know why negotiating with these guys, why they're doing it in such bad faith? They are today, as you pointed out. Joe Biden is litigating against the state of Texas to try to stop Texas from securing the border. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. is the greatest friend the Mexican drug cartels have ever had. He is the greatest financial benefactor the Mexican drug cartels have ever had. He is the single largest human trafficker in history. Now that may sound like hyperbole, but those 9.6 million people, when they come over and turn themselves in, they tell the Border Patrol agents, I want to go to the following city, and they pick a city. And Joe Biden puts them on planes and puts them on buses and sends them to every city in America, and Joe Biden is the last mile of the human trafficking network. So, yes, Biden is fighting ferociously to stop Texas from defending ourselves. He is wrong. But it shows that Biden wants this, and the only thing Biden wants next is to make Ron Johnson have to buy a bigger poster board because the chart goes higher. Okay, yep. That right there, that does it. That absolutely puts it in a nutshell. My gosh. This is just... I mean, Ted Cruz, I have a lot of respect for him, but that absolutely was brilliant. Concise to the point, not sugar-coated, boom. He played the blame exactly where it needed to be. On Schumer, on McConnell, on Biden. And yeah, I loved it. I absolutely loved every stinking minute of it because every bit of that was true. Oh, my goodness. I, I really don't know what's going on. And I can assure that this bill, if it comes out of the Senate, they've all, people have already been told in the House, this sucker is dead on arrival. DOA. Boom. Done. So... This is going to be interesting to see what happens with this thing. I really do, even though the text of the bill has not been made available to many of the senators. But who knows? Let's see what happens. And folks, with that, I say thank you very much for listening to this special edition of the program in Black and White Extra. Uh, might be doing a few more of these this year because Lord knows there's going to be plenty uh, to talk about as far as 
the the GOP primary and everything else and all the intrigue around Biden and I mean will he or won't he make it to the convention so on and so forth but hey that's why we're here we're going to tell the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth with a lot of help from God so anyway my friends take care of yourselves god bless we'll we're now finally back on a regular schedule getting through uh some of the uh craziness and wackiness i had to go through but thanks again for listening god bless you guys have yourself a terrific day and as always remember patriots come in all colors <laughs>